Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm delighted to say that after the resounding success of our first series, they've only gone and asked me back to record another. I'm Rob Barnard and in this second podcast series, we'll be again talking to mortgage industry thought leaders who aren't afraid to address pressing issues happening in the here and now. Over the course of this series, we will explore real world affairs that are in need of their bold new ideas and expertise. Ideas that cut through the financial jargon and offer real world specialist solutions for everyday people in the mortgage industry. That's specialist ideas from specialist experts for you to tune into at home or on the go. Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm your host, Rob Barnard, and in this episode, I'm absolutely delighted to be talking with Simply Biz's Richard Merritt. Richard joined Simply Biz in December 2019 in the newly created role of Head of Strategic Development. He sits both on the Mortgages Senior Management and Fintel Group Operational Leadership Teams, with responsibility for helping to shape and create the future direction of the Mortgage Club, working on propositional development with lenders and indeed intermediary member firms. Richard has such a wealth of experience in the intermediary market, having spent the previous two years as managing director of specialist mortgage advisory firm, largemortgageloans.com. Prior to this, Richard spent 15 years working in many senior roles for one of London's largest intermediary firms, Alexander Hall. Richard, you're someone that I've really wanted to join me on The Specialist since we started, and so I'm absolutely delighted to have you live on air with me today. Delighted to be here. Really pleased that you're here. So come on. How did you ever find yourself in the mortgage industry? Was it was it something you always planned on? And if not, what was the original plan? Go on, give me something really good. Uh, well, no, quite quite the opposite. I did uh, did English at university, and I came out of university saying I was uh, there were two things that I didn't want to do, uh, which were financial services and sales. <laughs> um, so I uh, I balls that up, and uh, yeah. Um, uh, I started working for an IFA, um, doing some data entry. They offered me a job and stayed in and decided I wanted to do something a little bit more altruistic. So I got into mortgages rather than investments. And uh, yeah. So come on, obviously we're in a busy, busy world at the moment. How, how do you manage to switch off when, you, when you're not at work? I, I know you like trips to Cornwall, so passing through Exeter as you go. Uh, and you're a very keen Southampton football fan and I don't think there are too many of you in our industry but other than that what helps you relax uh I like to do a lot we do we do a lot of camping a lot of walking and uh, I help out uh training with my son's rugby team although I never used to play so training is more herding squirrels to, to <laughs> a group of 10 year olds so uh, and lots of gigs I love going to see uh, uh, uh bands so as I said earlier I'm absolutely delighted with you've agreed to join me today but you're here to talk to me with your more Climate Action Group hat on. So you're here to talk to me about everything green. Um, and that's one of the key things, I think, that's on everybody's lips at the moment, the, the green agenda. I mean, firstly, how, how on earth did the English reading got into mortgages, wanting to be a journalist. How on earth did you find yourself being one of the industry's leading figures on the green agenda? Um, so for, for me, it's sort of um, uh, something that has become more increasingly important and the older my kids have got. And, you know, they're really passionate about it. My youngest idol is, is David Attenborough. Um, and um, I think, you know, gradually we've seen um, climate change come more and more to the fore um, and I wanted to do something about it um, because I want to, want to be able to look my kids in the eye and say <laughs> I, I, I used my position of privilege uh, for, for good. So I think we need to make it clear sort of the, the mortgage climate action group these guys aren't people that glue themselves to roads, are you? No, no, definitely not. So um, it is a collection of uh, uh, currently the, the, the um, largest distributors in the market and, and the whole 
theory behind it was to to sort of get together and give um, the advisors that we represent more of a voice. Um, you, know, you can see uh, lots of things coming down the track um, from from government change, trade bodies, um, but uh, a lot of the narrative in the market is advisors are going to have to well advisors aren't going to do anything unless we we give them the tools to be able to to do things i haven't seen a single advice firm that have got a sustainability strategist or an esg team looking at things so it's it's on us to distill the information and give it to advisors so let's start right at the beginning Let, let's take this back because we're trying to to sort of educate here a little bit what is a green mortgage and, and what do people need to do to be able to qualify for one? So I, I think at the moment, a green mortgage is something that either rewards someone buying a home that is A to C EPC rated, energy performance certificate, um, or uh, there are cashback versions that will um, uh, give uh, money uh, back to the borrower if they are intending to make um, uh, energy efficiency improvements to the, to their home. Um, it's started... Um, and we've 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 got sort of products out there. Um, what we need to see now is much more development of that. And where I'd like to get to is that we're not talking about more green mortgages. We're talking about mortgages, and yeah, yeah they they just they bolt onto each other. It, it, well, and and, and, they, and you know the the whole sort of process is is designed to help the the UK improve our housing stock. Um, we've got the oldest housing stock in Europe, uh, uh, so it's it's it needs to happen. And and it, it's interesting, really, because I sat last night having a look at this thinking you know what at pepper we we don't do a lot but when you get under the surface of it we've actually started i mean we offered customers a free energy efficient survey backed up by an epc certificate and a tailored action plan to go on that for how they could could sort of improve the rating so that was a start and through our esg agenda and we, we have a colleague grant scheme where we offered all our colleagues up to 300 pounds to buy gadgets or or equipment that could deliver positive social or, or environmental change. So I feel like we have done something to start, but we've not yet seen that wash through into to the mortgage offering. So I, I think climate action is really important. But who do you think the responsibility sits with? Does it sit with the lender? Does it sit with the broker? Or ultimately, is it really down to the customer? Uh, I think it sits with all of us. You know, we, we've all got to play our part in doing something. This, this is not a problem that is going to affect just lender, intermediary, or broker. This is this is going to affect everybody. You know, cl- climate change is very, very real, and it's everyone's problem. And um, ultimately, the people that can make significant improvements to homes are the customers themselves. Um, and the reason that's important is because you know, circa twenty to thirty percent of of UK carbon emissions comes from the home. However. Um, there is an educational um, uh, uh, part that needs to happen. Um, and I think um, some of it's going to have to come from intermediaries because they are customer facing. You know, 90% of the of the market roughly is is intermediated now. The, advi- the, the importance of advice has never been uh, Absolutely. Uh, stronger. Um, but as I've already alluded to, intermediaries aren't going to do anything unless they're given the tools and the learning and the information to be able to do that. And that's where lenders and distributors have a responsibility to, to use their greater corporate clout. Um, you know, so I, I haven't seen a broker with an ESG strategist. Every, len- every lender, <laughs> I'm sure, will have one. I think we were gathering a real good head of steam on green um, as we went through last year. And then I think... The war in Ukraine kicked things off, didn't it? Everything went up in price. The the cost of living crisis that everybody was staring down the barrel of probably just, just checked it a little bit. Because, I don't know, you read all sorts of scary facts about 
if you want to move your EPC rating just through one level from a D to a C, it could cost, I don't know, 10 grand. Um, and I think that people probably were looking at themselves last year and indeed still thinking, 10 grand's better in my bank at the minute. Do, do, do you agree or do you, or do you think priority needs to be considered in a different way? Look, everyone's priority at the moment is paying the bills. Um, if you've got someone who's going out and buying a property, um, looking for an energy efficient home isn't going to be their number one priority. You know, we've got to be realistic around that. Their, their number one priority is going to be finding a home first and foremost. Yep. Yeah, and the, the, the amount of stock that we have is the issue as well as the age of it. Um, and then can they get the mortgage? But I think we need to factor in the energy efficiency of homes. You know, this is not just about um, regulatory requirements or, 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 or government um, uh, requirements to, to make homes more energy efficient. There is a genuine cost-saving benefit. I think as an industry, we need to focus a lot more on the positive. Um, so uh, in a lot of instances, it doesn't cost as much as 10 grand to make um, um, small improvements. I think Knight Frank did a survey recently where they released information saying that the um, making the average homes, the average UK home, uh, uh, taking that from a D to a C can add on average £9,000 in value. Um, yeah, this is not about going out and telling everyone to go and spend 15 grand on a heat pump. It's about what is appropriate for the individual to do based on cost, um, but also then focusing on the potential savings. And I think the uh, the cost of living crisis and the, you know, the, the bills that we're all facing. I got my first one through the other day. Crikey. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and it's about making changes, whether that's to your home or your behaviour, your, your, your lifestyle, that um, benefit you from a cost-saving basis, but then also the environment as well. That's brilliant. So, so it's not all about going all out. It's not about decking your roof with solar panels. It's not about heat pumps. It's not about digging for gold type of stuff it can be very small changes yes. that are helping the green agenda yeah absolutely i mean um, one one phrase that i i hear all the time is greenwashing um and that and that's something that to be fair again i have my, my head scratching a little bit about it you hear a lot about it in the media and press what what does greenwashing mean in context of our industry that, that sort of tokenistic approach to it um and there have been a lot of allegations of some of the products that are out there um yeah we we, we uh, I've seen quite a few headlines recently um, suggesting that um, simply rewarding someone who's buying an A to C property, A to C rated property, um, and offering them a couple of bips off their rate, that's greenwashing. Um, we have to start somewhere, though. Yeah, we had to start somewhere with product transfers. Um, Twitter had to start somewhere. You know, everything has to start somewhere. And I think what's really uh, positive at the moment is we are seeing genuine um, uh, change. Um, You've already alluded to the fact that I think we we would have seen more last year, um, but there were there were a, a number of curveballs thrown at everyone. Just a few, just a few. Um, so yeah, I think already this year, um, you know, I think we're, we're we're all accepting of the fact that it's going to be a, a, a slightly more challenging, slightly quieter market. I'm very positive about um, uh, about the prospects, um, but. Um, the fact that everybody's got a little bit more room to breathe, um, I've seen um, much more growing um, uh, appetite to, to be able to pay attention to this. So, so we're saying basically, uh, Pepper, we could go out, not a couple of bips off a off a off a product, um, exactly the same product as for everybody else, but knocking a couple of bips off if your EPC rating is ABC. That 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 to me is greenwashing. Is, that's well, it's a 
right approach. So I, I would actually say I don't think that is greenwashing, but I think it needs to be supplemented with a host of other things. So, you know, you touched on some of the things that, that Pepper have done. I think, you know, offering people free uh, EPC surveys is a great start because it encourages the customer to be curious and start and start looking at things. The fact that you've got me talking about it and you're, you're putting educational content out into the market, that is great. The fact that you're doing then a lot for your staff and getting more people to be aware of it, that is great. For me, it's more about um, focusing on uh, the, the the bigger picture and longer term change to um, consumption and behaviour rather than just products. No, that's good. So what finance options are available for customers? If they think, you know what, I want to really get into this, I can see the benefit and I believe in it, what finance options are available to customers who want to improve their own sort of, if you like, carbon footprint of their property? And how can a mortgage lender help in that respect? Where a lender can come in uh, to play is, again, use their sort of greater scope for, to be able to actually spend some time looking at this stuff and potentially introduce our customers to um, the the right processes to do. Because you, know, you you talked about solar panels there. If we all just went out and stuck solar panels on our house straight away, then probably damage the foundations. Yeah, there, there, is, there is a staging process to doing these things. And back to the point on cost, you can actually make small benefits without actually having to do a huge amount of work. You know, changing your light bulbs to LED efficient light bulbs. Tick, done that. Yeah, um, a water jacket around the boiler. So putting you on the spot. Yep. Do you know your EPC rating? I do. Do you know what? I don't. <laughs> so I think the starting point is find out what your own EPC rating is. I think Absolutely. I think it's a really good starting point. And it's it's so easy to check as well. And that's you know that's something that brokers I think are going to need to have to do with every single customer now because back to that point on where where the market is, there are cheaper products for for green rated properties. And I think we're already in a world where if a broker isn't checking a customer's EPC rating, there is the potential that they're going to make an incorrect recommendation wow. or there could have been a better product available. So are we driven by government timelines here? I mean, have they set... I know we, we talk about carbon net zero and all that sort of stuff, but what sort of timeframes are we are we facing? We, we've got to be driven by government timelines. And I think the, the first one at the moment, although it's not definitively confirmed, is, is for landlords. They're already not allowed to let properties anything less than E-rated, and then come 2025, it's got to be up to C-rated. Yep. Um, yeah, I think the go- it has to start with government. Um, and I think where we need to get to is um, an encouragement to um, get more people to make an improvement to their home um, or yeah, behavioural change. Um, for me, one of the the, the the biggest potential vehicles for this is stamp duty. Um, yeah, we, we've we've seen what a fantastic incentive for the market stamp duty uh, is. Um, I think everybody's benefited from that. Uh, customers, advisors, lenders over the last few years. Um, uh, uh, maybe not conveyances all the time because I think they were under a bit of pressure. Um, um, but you know it, that clearly is something that um, that encourages people. Um, so is there something that we can do? You know, if you're buying a home and then you can evidence that you make improvements to it can you become um uh, um uh able to get a stamp duty rebate um yeah that could be a great way of of, of incentivizing it um i think what we also need though is a far more joined up approach i mean we're on our what 300 housing minister crazy, uh, yeah. It's um, crazy. yeah so we, we, we've got to have a, a more consistent 
joined up approach towards housing in general, but particularly um, when looking at uh, sustainability and climate change in that. There are grants available to be able to make changes. We've had you know, the, the um, replacement boiler scheme. So there are things that have happened. Um, I think it just needs to be more. Um, yeah, the government pledged uh, uh, six billion towards um, uh, uh, the, the, the green agenda. Um, uh, that was announced fairly recently, but um, based on the information that I've seen, it's a three hundred billion problem. <laughs> so you know, we, yeah. we need we need more. So we've already touched on it a little bit, but how do you think brokers can earn the salt here? Because I think there's, they, they have got a massive part to play. So how can brokers add value by discussing green options with their customers? So um, I, I think it adds credibility. Yeah, um, yeah, you're lo- looking beyond just the mortgage. I mean, obviously, it can have an impact. To the mortgage, but genuine, genuinely looking at um, someone's outgoings. Oh, hold on, I can see you're spending X amount on this. You know, they've got to do that as part of their um, recommendation and affordability assessment. Um, you know, there, there are genuine things where having a, a, a modicum of understanding on this, um, they can direct consumers to um, sources where they can go and get more information and make changes. And just to be clear, we shouldn't have any advisors sat in front of a consumer saying, you should do this to your home. You know, go out and get a heat pump. You know, this, this is this to me is very much like the tax changes in buy to let when they came in, where it's, I'm not a tax advisor, I'm, not a, so. I'm not a green advisor, but this is something you need to be aware of. Here's somewhere you can go for more information and direct them to, uh, to, to, towards it. Um, I think beyond that, there is a there is a positive benefit to, to any firm. I mean, you, you touched on what you at Pepper have done around in, uh, supporting employees. Um, I actually think if, as an intermediary, you're demonstrating that you're doing good by your customers, um, that will, one, attract you new customers um, or help you retain more customers. But also, I think it helps with staff engagement as well. Increasingly, I think people will, will, will look to join a uh, an employer or an organisation that has a focus on social responsibility and obviously sustainability and climate change are a huge huge part of that so i would encourage any firm you know yes you might not have a an esg strategist or a director of sustainability if you're a small intermediary but just just talk to your staff about it you will you you will have people who are passionate about it get them to be the green champion and actually sort of look at look at what you can do you know moving your office to a paperless process there's there's loads and loads of of small things that people can do that will have a positive benefit um yeah the, one of the phrases that i found myself using a, a hell of a lot is there is no downside to doing good and, and i think you you should be really proud of what the mortgage climate action group are doing as well because that like you said if there's no strategist in a company you're there aren't you to, to sort of help them so what does it aim to do what does the group aim to do and how can those people that maybe want to find out more actually find out more about what the action group does yeah, so um in really simplistic terms um we're looking to give advisors a voice make sure that they are represented in all of these discussions um and then raise awareness uh, raise awareness of the of, of the issue um raise awareness of um how they can support it um raise awareness of the type of things that they might want to to do to start the conversation with consumers consumers um access access to information access to education access to to, to, to learning um and then action you know longer term hopefully driving you know um, we we have been very privileged to uh, have had lenders connect us with people who actually are connected to government lobbying um, um yeah we're working very closely with the green finance institute um who um again have access to some, some, some real influential people people of power so um we are going to be in a position where through the insight of uh of, of the people involved through the insight of the advisors that we represent through our, our collective distribution we can actually turn around and say well look this is what we think 
uh, um, products need to look like, propositions need to look like, and what consumers will get behind. So just as we start to wrap up, Richard, do you think that 2023 will be the year of the green mortgage? Um, I hope so, yes. Um, it could be the it year. It would have been a poor episode if you'd have said not. <laughs> it, could, it could be a year of a great many things. But I, I, I think green mortgages, um, you know, back to that point I made about consumers, are they going to be everyone's priority? No. Um, but it's making sure that we as an industry have a collective conscience and we could collaborate to address this problem. So, one final bit of advice for a broker that's not sort of embracing green at the moment? Um, I'm going to use the uh, back to the music uh, reference and, and use the, uh, the the words of one of my favourites, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. Um, so people have got to get behind this. It's a problem for everybody. Fantastic. Richard, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me today about everything green. I found it fascinating and have learned so much in the last 20 minutes or so. Let's face it, the green agenda is here to stay and we all have our part to play in it. In my words, EPC doesn't just mean energy performance certificate. It also means every person counts. So any small improvement we can make can help the world a better place. It's great to hear that our wonderful industry is leading from the front with the creation of the Mortgage Climate Action Group and many lenders are already looking at options to help promote everything green. There's so much information out there and for anybody wanting to find out more, a great starting point is the website greenmortgageadvice.uk with contributions from the Mortgage Climate Action Group, AMI and indeed the Green Finance Institute. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And of course, a big thank you also goes out to you, our listeners. This has been The Specialist, episode four of our series brought to you by Pepper Money. If you love the content today, then do let us know on social using our hashtag, hashtag Podcast. And of course, hit follow to get notified when our next episode releases. Music.